Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe. I'm joined by Steph, the Fanalist. It's never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rink. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, but it's hard to feel bad um, with the run that the Leafs have had since the beginning of November. I mean, it was a tough game all around. I feel like the Leafs never really got uh, got the game on their side, uh, at least for an extended period enough to, to get the lead back. So, you know... You win some, you lose some. Martin Street comes to an end. The uh, consecutive games of uh, not losing a point comes to an end. Um, we had the only thing that continues is Michael Bunting's uh, point yep. streak is at ten. I think otherwise everything is over. Oh, and Connor Timmins is at five points in five games with the Leafs. Some positives to take away. Yeah, unfortunately, all good things come to an end. And tonight, I I was kind of confident. I had those demons in the back of my mind just because the announcers wouldn't shut the fuck up about how the Rangers were also on a four-game winning streak and they beat uh, New Jersey in overtime, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay, uh, I think we can still take them. But clearly, they outplayed us and the Leafs just were a little behind like a half a step behind to me it's funny I was watching the ESPN feed and it was kind of the opposite they were talking a lot about you know the Leafs are coming in Marner's been unbelievable the guy's great on both ends of the ice he's been an elite player Leafs are just a wagon lately with points in 15 straight games so it's it's funny depending (laughs) on what broadcast you watch if it's the home they always talk about the other team it's always like you know oh no what's our home team gonna do here So, uh, yeah, it's just a cool seeing the other end of it. And there's always, I feel like there's always an ex leaf on the other side and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Jimmy BC later, but I forgot Ben Harper is on uh, the Rangers now too. Yeah. I I think they acquired him this year from uh, Nashville or Dallas or wherever he was. I think he was on Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's been around a little bit. Now, I say ex-Leaf, but he never really cracked the team. He was playing no. for the Marlies. He came over in the trade, uh, the Zaitsev-Connor Brown trade, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with yeah. Cody Cece. I'm not too sure, but yeah, not 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 many memories of Ben Harper because he wasn't very re- relevant for the big boys of, with the Leafs anyways. Uh, I'm just, they- a, I'm always surprised when I see like somebody who didn't make the lineup for one team, you know, just resurface years later. You know, it's not that he didn't make the lineup, but it's kind of the same way I felt about seeing Luke Shen play. It's just like not a guy that I expect to still be playing this far down the line. But I mean, good for Ben Harper for keeping his career going. Yeah, he could turn it around and want a first round pick like Luke (laughs) Shen, right? Who currently is demanding a first round pick for whatever he's worth. Or at least his agent shopping on Twitter is. And just to be fair, I'm not comparing Luke Shen to Ben Harper. It's just, you know, kind of just similar in the sense that I didn't expect to see them, uh, you know, 10 years later still playing in the NHL. 
Speaking of history, I saw that little stat there that, you know, when the Leafs set this record of consecutive points, it was on Boxing Day. And uh, thanks to Matt Sundin, who won the game, and it was first the Rangers at the MSG. So it would have been so nice to continue that streak tonight. But hey, we had to leaf it a little, right? I hate to say it, like to leaf something, but... <laughs> Oh, and was that O three O four or O four O five season? That was O three O four. So the same year that they went past the first round. The I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say it. Oh yeah, because what am I talking about? There wasn't an O four O five season. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the last time the Leafs won a round was the last time that they went on a, a fifteen game point streak. So hey, little just the little things you got to keep an eye on, you know. Yeah. But the Rangers are a good team, and today's tonight was the first time the Leafs faced them this season. So we knew what oh, to true. expect, right? Shesterkin coming off of his Venta winning season. Uh, the Rangers going super far into the playoffs, losing after the second game in six to Tampa in the conference final. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this team is hard, heavy, and tonight they did not slack up. They know the Leafs are on this huge record. They are aware of Marner's point streak, and they wanted to stop that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like I said in the last episode, this is the first time in a couple games the Leafs are up against a, uh, a team that's at least 500. Um, so it was going to be a challenge, and there's a lot of top-end uh, talent on the Rangers, obviously a lot of back-end talent between Shesterkin and Fox. So it was not going to be an easy game, and it, it didn't look like an easy game. The Leafs were fighting all night. There was no point where it looked like, like I said earlier, where they were playing their game and they took control. There were little spurts of it, but I mean, even when they were on the power play, it seemed like the Rangers were playing really hard defense. They were covering Matthews and Marner a ton, making sure uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of scoring chances from the slot. So I think the only place where the Leafs were able to kind of get some chances through what the Rangers were setting up was in front of the net. I think they had a lot of that between Matthews and Tavares. They were constantly in front of there, uh, not being pushed around, which is nice to see because that's a complaint that we've had from the Leafs over the last couple of years is that there's nobody that's able to muscle their way in, in front of the net and stay there. And I think they were able to do a lot of that tonight. So the little victories, got to take the little victories. For sure. And tonight, Sturkin played he was on fire. He posted 957. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't the fact that the Leafs just got goalied. The Rangers were excellent on their defense and, like you said, didn't let them shoot the puck. I mean, the shots tonight were, if you didn't watch the game, you would simply think they were pathetic. <laughs> 23 to 20 for the Maple Leafs, but they didn't reach double digits until the third period per period on the shot counter because it was like four to five or six to four per period. Wow. It's like, guys, no shots on net. No wonder nothing's going in, right? No, the neutral zone was really clogged up. They were talking a lot about that, about uh, about that on the ESPN broadcast, just how the Leafs were not able to get it out of their own end. Like they were able to get control of it from the Rangers. Like their their takeaways were good and they've always been good at that. But it, as soon as it got around the center line, it was like everything just clogged up and they couldn't find a way to enter the zone. It was it was tough because you could tell they were all getting frustrated. Uh, a couple of people just that you expect to see more of were kind of shut down for the night. It's, it's tough. 
Yeah, and it doesn't really help to, you know, the other team, the New York Rangers, scoring on their first power play opportunity yeah. less than five minutes into the first period. We had Gio going out for a slashing call on, Go on Gauthier, and Gio's one of our main penalty killers, right? So you're losing him there, and then... Ah. I actually thought that Julian Gauthier for a second was Frederick Gauthier. And I was like, wait, is Freddie the goat on this team too? You would be kidding me. Little bro. No, it's uh no, they're not even I don't think they're related. In my mind, little bro then. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. His, his uncle played in the NHL. I looked him up. I was like, are you guys related? But I don't know. Gauthier is yeah. a pretty common last name, I guess, in the French That's world. That's true. Yeah. But no chance for Murray on this goal. Uh, PP1 <laughs> for the Rangers could not get anything going. And then um, then you had Heedle scoring shot top shelf. Oh, my God. Murray on the opposite end of the net, just sprawling, diving to the other side. Absolutely no chance. And Watching yeah, too much World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Watching <laughs> too much World Cup, Murray. Bad boy. Not tracking the puck there. But it's fine because... Uh, was it fine? That was the first of our streaks to break, unfortunately. The last six games, the Leafs have scored first, and yeah. uh, it's just like just a little shot in the gut. But that's it's okay. It's okay. We had a lot of confidence heading into the rest of the game, of course. Yeah, I just have to point out that it was around this point that uh, Mike, the fanatic, and I were talking on Twitter, and I said, um, he, he was saying something about the Leafs being asleep tonight, and I said, this feels like a uh, Jimmy VC is going to score kind of night. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Called it. You know, in the shitty part, too, I probably jinxed this game, guys. Like, <laughs> I put money down on this game for multiple things, like Nylander scoring, the Leafs winning, and a couple parlays on shots. And, of course, the Leafs can't score shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel so, somewhat responsible. I don't know. Are you telling me you didn't take the sports interaction? Uh, what is it? Friends of the Leafs bet that they have every night oh for the Leafs? Oh, my God. I actually did take the Nylander over 2.5 shots that Mike Johnson. What were the presented. Okay. I want to. What were the odds they had on? Um, I'm not even going to pull it up, but they probably had pretty crazy odds on VC scoring tonight because there was like no chance of that. So I'm sure whoever put anything down made a bunch. Yeah, congratulations, Ugh. guys. Uh, I should have checked those odds, maybe at least plus 500 there. So, but yeah, guys, tonight, another thing too, this power play, both units could not get anything done, especially when you had Holmberg going down because of Truba in front of the net there. You, I don't know, you just had high hopes, but I got to give credit to the Rangers PK and to um, to the Zib. Guys, this guy's crazy on the PK. I didn't realize that. He's kind of like a Marner in a sense. Mika Zibanejad might be one of the most underrated forwards in the league. Like yes. the way this guy comes out, the, the shots he was taking. Oh. I don't know if you heard that one hit the glass, but I thought the glass was going to break. Like everyone looked back like, holy shit. Like this yeah. guy, this is the guy that will randomly score four or five goals in a game like once a season. And everyone's like, what? What are you at? And then all of a sudden he's catapulted up to like fifth in the scoring race. Like the guy is like, it's, it's these Swedish players, man. He's like William Nylander. They just kind of hover under the radar and score enough goals that it's impactful, but not so many that they're the best on the team. And they just manage to fly under the radar. They're just like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just going to score. 
yeah every time he stepped on the ice especially on the pk i was like oh shit like (laughs) the puck's going the other way or another two on one and you're kind of like damn guys uh I think the Leafs tonight had a big puck control problem. They weren't connecting on some passes and they kind of got a little rattled when they weren't uh, handling possession for majority of the game as they're used to. No, but the takeaways were good. I do have to give credit to Dennis Mulligan, who uh, who forced the one po- uh, penalty kill or that, sorry, the one power play that the Leafs um, had because uh, he took the puck away and him and Holmberg went up there and it was Holmberg that got the, uh, the Drew the yes. Hooking call. But that whole play was uh, was really good. And there was a lot of that tonight where from from Matthews and from Marner, even Engvall, there was a lot of takeaways that were generating chances. And it just it was nice to see them try to adjust and find some way to get something going. Because, I mean, they were changing the, the lineups and everything around. You saw Marner and Matthews back together, Marner, Matthews and Nylander together. Or was it Tavares with them? A lot of different combinations. A bunch. Uh, yeah, but um, a lot of takeaways too many giveaways by the end of the second period i think the leafs already had the 29 giveaways up on the counter so obviously when you're facing a team like the rangers and they're completely dialed in i'm sorry 29 yes 29 giveaways tonight for the leafs that's like as many as they've had the last couple of games combined yeah so the rangers made them pay. yeah they absolutely made them pay and Um, They definitely had a couple good chances, like Bunting and Nylander, a couple two-on-ones that didn't connect, and Mm -hmm. Maddie dangling. But another thing tonight, the refs. Oh, a couple missed missed calls calls that could have been in the Leafs' favor, especially when they were down in the third period. But So I got to... The one thing I'll say, there was the missed slash. There was the missed too many men on the ice against the Rangers. But at the same time, there was like right before Bunting scored his goal, he literally had Truba's stick in his hand and like threw it away. And I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> probably should have been holding at the stick there, but he got away with it and uh, and managed to score there. So like I said, he keeps his streak going at 10 games. And uh, that's, that's applause worthy for Michael Bunting. Hell yeah. And he was on the ice with Camp and Ingvall for this shift. So winning that puck battle in the corner with Truba and totally getting away and just, like you said, squeezing the elbow and being like, oops, catching his stick under the arm. But yeah, third game in a row that he collects the loose change too. So thank you, Michael Bunting. We need a guy like that to do that. You know, wait in front of the goaltender and track all of those loose pucks to tap them home. And um, I just got to say, okay, so it was around the second period we lose Timothy Lilligren, unfortunately, who doesn't come back. Connor, just to before we get on to the discussion of replacing him and everything, Connor mm-hmm. Timmons has already got five points in five games. Yes. To switch to the fantasy side for a quick sec, is he becoming a pickup? Like, is, is Connor <laughs> Timmons fantasy valuable now, especially with Timothy Lilligren going down? Like, is this somebody that's going to see valuable ice time and get some more some more points over the next little bit honestly for the time on ice tonight 2205 leading all defenders what i'm actually shocked as i (laughs) see this second behind him is sandine with 2035 yeah wow 213 on the power play guys to connor timmons yeah you know, 
Just saying. Yeah, just saying. uh, Wow. Wow. I'm just lost for words because we didn't see this coming. And how much is it needed? Especially now we have Lily down. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So other end of this is Lilligren goes down. Um, We're already... I mean, we've got Brody back, but we're we're still down Mete, Ben, Muzzin, and Riley. And uh, we're, I mean, we've we've shown that there's guys that can come up and replace people. I mean, with Brody back, we're just going to go down to who's next, like Crawl or, um, I don't know, who is next? <laughs> Riley is supposed to be back very, very soon. That's good, because I, I know a lot of people on Twitter, I saw more than a few people say that uh, this was a night where they missed having Riley, especially on the power play. It's, yeah. it, you know somebody that can move the puck through the, uh, the neutral zone and, and hold the line and everything and come in and pinch. Like this is, this is the kind of night when you miss him. That's like, they've been lucky that they've been playing lower tier teams for a while. Um, I mean, apart from the odd one uh, during this stretch, they've had all these defensemen out, but you know, tonight's uh, tonight's the night where it showed. Yeah. I definitely miss his puck moving abilities, um, especially on the blue line. And that really showed tonight when Sandine fumbled the puck in the third period, which caused a breakaway going the other way and not to, you know, bash on Sandine because he's been playing great. Uh, the last 10 games, I saw the stats seven points and I believe he was on the ice for, um, 15 uh, goals for opportunity to three for the Leafs and things are clearly working for him but you can still tell like when the pressure is on him kind of like Truba on him tonight you're just like whoop and then it's like ah shit and things are going so fast and it just fucks up the whole sequence and hopefully not a goal. New York Rangers captain Jacob Truba might add. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me just check real quick who who would be our next i can't even remember how, what defenseman we've got anymore who's next up um next up so we've got brody hall lily okay sandine timmons geo um oh jordy ben's back is he back for show for show because i wasn't too sure it says he's not on ir Okay, so I guess he would be the next guy up, especially being a right-handed D. Jordy Ben news anything? Jordy Ben put in full practice. Okay, so three days ago, sorry, he's in he a full practice. Left. Oh, nice. He shoots left, but he plays both sides. Um, yeah, def- that would be the perfect fill-in for now. Um, I would imagine. Or even Victor Mete. Mete's still out, I think. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Ben was working with Hollowell in practice. Okay. Oh, nice. Hey, that's good news. So he could be back. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a plus. Um, but, I mean, either way, there's they've been calling up like their 15th defenseman and they've been fine. I'm not really as worried about that than uh, if somebody on the forward core goes down. Yeah, he left really quietly. I didn't even really uh, realize until almost the end of the second. And I I saw the tweet from David Alter saying the last time he's seen him was five minutes left in the first. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, I haven't heard the news yet, but yeah. Yep. 
Um, so now Jimmy Vanilla. Jimmy Vanilli. <laughs> Jimmy VC. So in case you missed what the vanilla reference is from, if you didn't watch the Amazon documentary, the only clip that showed any player in a negative light was this clip with Jimmy VC because he's the only one that wasn't on the team by the time the documentary came out. So I, I assume they wouldn't let them show them talking badly to any of the guys on the team currently because that would be bad for Toronto media. They would run with that. So we get this clip of Jimmy VC being pulled aside by Sheldon Keefe and uh, he's told his play is vanilla. He's got to find his uh, identity or he's not going to have a place in the lineup for, you know, paraphrasing. <laughs> they, they then traded him not too long after and they kind of showed that whole process and uh, Dubas calls him into the office and says, you know, we've traded you, yada, yada, yada. So, of course, Mr. Vanilla on his revenge tour comes back and scores not one, but two, even though the second was an empty netter. <sighs> the game winners and gets first star of the night. The guy's got five goals on the year. I mean, two of them coming tonight. <laughs> it's like, of course, of course. Yeah, it's it's a given. And I don't know. It's just one of those plays where the first goal... Uh, I don't know why the fuck uh, Matthews did not shoot. There was a couple uh, opportunities for him tonight to shoot at the net, and he decided to make the pass. Um, this specifically gets broken up. He's, Matthews is trying to find Timmons, but it goes the other way. Jimmy VC breakaways, top shelf. Matthews can't keep up with him. Why are you not keeping up with Jimmy Vanilli? Like, what the fuck is going on here? And we are at a 2-1 game. Bah! Bah. <laughs> so, um, I didn't realize this. Just looked up VC. It was drafted by the Preds in 2012, third round. Um, played for Harvard University, I'm assuming with Kerfoot, is about the same age. Um, then started off with the Rangers, so he never played. He was traded with, from Nashville to the Rangers, so he he started with them for the first three years yep. and played three full seasons and averaged like 30 points each season. He had like 16, 17, 17 goals in his first three years there and then just completely falls off. He goes Sabres, uh, Leafs, Canucks, Devils. I totally forgot he was on the Devils last year. Um, and then, uh, now with, um, with the Rangers again, where he started his career off and he's got mm. 11 points through 30 games. So, I mean, okay. he's closing in on his total of 15 in 68 games last year. So we'll call it a rebound season for Jimmy Vanilli. Yeah, we'll have to see lots of talent around him on that team. So it's up to him to make an impact. But... Yeah, I mean, that was actually, speaking of the talent on the team, that was something that was, I mean, we, we talked about Zabenejad, but I expected to see more out of, you know, Lafreniere and Panarin and Kako and all these guys that are, you know, supposed to be kind of the, the next generation and current star in Panarin. I just, I wasn't as impressed as I wanted to be by them. I don't know. I don't get to see them that often. Yeah. Uh, Panarin was more noticeable for me in this uh, end of second and in the third period, especially when there wasn't a call on him for the for the slash there. And you know, I was just about to say before you brought this up, what does it take to get the call? Because it takes a stick getting broken out of Geo's hands for the whistle to finally get blown. Toronto goes on the power play in the second period, but it's for no good. Nothing 
has generated more Zabanajad rush chances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all in all, it was just a tough game. Like we've been saying, the Leafs didn't get anything going, and that's that's kind of the end of it. Honestly, I don't really mean to beat a dead horse, but that was it. They played as well as they could in the chances they got, but they were held down. The team looked, not, I wouldn't say tired, but just kind of like it's been a long run, you know? It looks like it's starting to hit them that they can't give 110% for 16 straight games. Yeah, yeah. And tonight, Sandine, this was another oopsie where his first pass on that power play goes directly to Zibanejad, but it's fine. Um, there were a lot of rough passes tonight, like yeah. passes that just weren't going to people that were behind them, ahead of them. They were missing them, bouncing over the stick. Like, it's just, you could tell that's that's kind of the, the biggest tell that the communication's off and that, you know, nobody's really on their game when they can't find each other just with passes alone. Especially when the shots in the second period are six to four for the Rangers. Mm. But you're right. We can't beat a dead horse. We know how the Leafs play. There were another goal, the empty net goal. You know, the third was rough. Like, it was just back and forth and not really many great, great opportunities. I mean, there was a lot of panic in the end and Keith throwing out the lines. We had Matthews, Marner, JT, Matthews, Bunting, Marner, Willie, JT, Ingvall. So... <laughs> Nothing was sparking. No, and I don't know. I, I get the changing of the lineups to try to get something going, but when it doesn't work, it's one of those things when it works, you look like a genius, and when it doesn't, it just seems like it was a bad idea. So it's a gamble every time because it just the guys can come back and argue like you didn't give us a chance to get anything going because you're constantly changing and we're always having to readjust. But then other times it keeps them on their feet and they find something new and they're able to, to score. So it's... It's a tough thing to do. It's like pulling the goalie with four minutes left, right? One thing I cringed at was when Matthews had a two-on-one with Ingvall, and it was yeah. in the final minutes of the third, and Matthews makes the pass, and Ma- and Ingvall just completely misses it. And I'm like, fuck! Well, oh. that's what I mean. Like, as, as much as you can blame Ingvall, like, A, Matthews is not normally a playmaker. They don't normally play together. And nobody's passes were on. Like I saw, I saw so many people missing them. Like JT had one bounce over his stick. Willie couldn't find uh, um, whoever it was bunting on the one. Like it was, yeah. it was pretty rough. Um, just real quick, Mike the fanatic. Our only question tonight uh, would like both of your opinions on this: chocolate or vanilla? I do have more questions from the Discord and my. Okay, data. cool. But. Oh, this is this is hard. I'm not a picky person. It really depends what I'm eating. Um, if it's a cone, I will take a swirl. <laughs> That's the both worlds. I don't know. I I like dark chocolate. I'm not a fan, really. I'm, I've kind of gotten over milk chocolate in my adulthood. I think. I don't know. I like. I like a salted dark caramel yes. chocolate. That's kind of Thank my you. my taste. Um, as far as vanilla, I like a. I don't know. Vanilla ice cream is classic, but like with yeah. with pies and things. Like I don't know. Vanilla's vanilla though. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I agree. My favorite is anything with caramel and salt and dark chocolate. Like, I love soft uh, caramel chewy kind of things and whatever. But anyways, vanilla. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I like both. I'm not picky, so I'll take anything. As far as leaves go, chocolate's the only one that goes with milk. And the leaves are all milk <laughs> babies, so let's go chocolate. Yes, yes. All um, right, so what do you have from your side? Since we're on food, I, you know, Ooh. the leaves did this little thing, the pancakes, waffles, and French toast debate. I want to know oh. what you think, Roscoe. If you had to order them from your favorite, what do you prefer? Pancakes, waffles, French toast? Is this like a start one, bench one, cut one? This is a three, two, let's, one. Let, let's do start one, bench one, cut one. Okay. That's Deal. that's more sports. Yeah. Appropriate. That, yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start waffles. I'm gonna bench French toast. I'm gonna cut pancakes. Get at me. <laughs> at, at Leafs late night. <laughs> if you want to argue about me hating on pancakes, tell nice. me the last time you had pancakes and you were like, these are pretty good actually. Right. Because for me, it's always a, the idea of pancakes is 4,000 times better than the pancakes I get. Like the last, yes. I don't know, five places I've had them. I'm like, these aren't good. These are not good. Like, and then I try to make them at home and I screw them up. I don't know. I just find it's waffles, the crispiness. You can put stuff in the holes. You can put berries in the holes. It can hold things like syrup and butter or Nutella or peanut butter. You can put all, you can do chicken and waffles. Like yeah. waffles are versatile. You can put walnuts in them. I mean, you can put stuff in pancakes too. Uh, and French toast, I think is is cool because you can use different kinds of bread. You can get like a brioche going. You can get like, it's a good way to use stale bread that you've got, you know, kicking around. You can make some French toast. You can do it in a, a tray in the oven. It's a great way to do breakfast for a bunch of people. So totally if agree. you thought that I was just throwing these out, I got defense here. Chef Roscoe in the house, get... <laughs> At me. <laughs> Hear me out. French toast made in a waffle maker. Whoa. Best of both worlds. You put Have you that. Done this? Sh- Hell yeah. It is the best. It turns out perfectly. It just comes out in waffle shape. Seriously, it's a cheat code. Do it, guys. French toast dipping whatever you do the normal thing but not the pan into the waffle maker i'm like short circuiting that is the most fantastic thing i've ever heard i want to do that and make that into like the like a chicken sandwich out of fuck yeah oh my god versatile waffle makers are versatile folks so okay but that's you're avoiding the question though start one bench one cut one of the three Okay, we're obviously cutting pancakes. I totally agree with you on this uh, discussion. You 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 can add whatever you want in pancakes. That's fine. But they're doughy at the end of the day. I feel like I'm using a half a liter of syrup. And it's not that great at the end. Like, I'm a savory person, honestly. Like, I'm not really big on the sweets. Um, But French toast and waffles. Like, I will start waffles and bench French toast. It Ooh, gets hard. Samesies. They're Let's go. they're kind of at the same for me, so it's hard. But since the waffle, get a little shape, icing sugar on the uh, on the French toast. You're oh, challah oh, French yeah. toast. Mm, 
some of that mm-hmm. egg bread. Mint also, spring. the thing with pancakes is if you put blueberries in pancakes and they taste worse somehow. <laughs> you put blueberries on a waffle after you make that waffle, it is beautiful. Hell yeah. Like somehow things in pancakes don't taste as good as you think they would. Like I remember, I remember being a kid, like six or seven at a restaurant. I think we were at like a waffle house in Florida or something. And I was like, I want pancakes. And they're like, do you want blueberries in that? And my mom, my mom told me, she's like, you probably won't like it. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? I like blueberries. She's like, I know, but you probably won't like it. Just knowing like blueberries in pancakes kind of suck. I don't know why it's the thing you can get everywhere. I don't like it. It doesn't taste like any other baked good with blueberries in it. We've spent a long time talking about this. They're bitter. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, Thank you for the question. Yeah. And I just want to um, put a cap on this for a sec. Uh, Mike, sorry, um, wrote his stash for Movember. I just want to bring it up since he we talked about his first question. And he kept it growing because A, the leaves were freaking rolling, he says. And B, Mitchie was riding an unbelievable point streak. And tonight marks the end of that stash. R.I.P. Mike the Fanatic stash. Rip stash. Uh, maybe your wife might be happy <laughs> if you, if she's not used to it. I don't know. I want to see a pick, man, uh, this epic stash. So definitely send us that pick if you're comfortable doing so. But next question, we have Leafsman at WT9810. Who does JT pass the cup to? Marner, Matthews, Gio, or Murray? And then later he comments, oh, fuck, I forgot about Willie. I think, so who does JT pass it to? Yeah, assuming that the captain gets it first and then it goes to... Matthews. Yeah. And then from Matthews, it goes to Marner. Marner passes it to Willie. Willie gives it to whoever was in net and so on. I I think. Yeah, it has to be either Matthews or Marner. Part of me is thinking Marner because Marner is kind of like his original buddy on the team you know originally played on the line with him where he got his 50 goals or Mm, yeah i think it's about it's hard the the team leader is and look i don't want to go down the vancouver canucks hole here and start practicing our uh, how we're passing the the cup off oh yeah We'll, we'll we'll see when we get there. Many options, but we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe Sammy. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> he might be in net. Uh, Corey on Twitter asked, "What was what th- was that a hook on Matthews on his dangle, and was Marner hooked on his bid for a goal in the second? I thought both were, but I guess another opinion is good." Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of things that I think are hooks or cross checks that they haven't been calling. So I think there's some sort of like, you can do a little before it becomes a penalty. But then other times, it's like, as soon as your stick touches someone's hand, it's lashing. So I don't know, it's just inconsistent. And they they kind of just set from early on in this game that you got to be pretty blatant to, uh, to get a call. I don't know. Uh, Corey, I absolutely think they are penalties. They've been so, so strict with the slash or the hooking calls. Like you said, Roscoe, touch on the hands. 
the whistle blows immediately, especially on the. That's Crosby's on- fault, though. <laughs> yeah. But especially with Marner, even Mike Johnson said you can hear it all the way from where he was standing. So I don't know where the game management was at tonight because the Leafs were behind in this one. The Rangers are coming off a winning streak too. So I don't know what the reasoning was there, but I totally agree with you. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to, to touch on. Uh, Matthew's little play on the power play there in front of the net. We, I mean, we've talked about this. Why is Matthew's positioned on this this bumper in front of the net? Uh but his little play there to get in front where he came in backwards and like spun it around. Oh, uh, yeah. Using his size and stick handling, like, dare I say, Tage Thompson. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy using oh, his boy. size tonight, Ingval. I just right? want to say his name. And you also tweeted about him. Um, it was nice to see him in the corners finally battling for the pucks. <laughs> Well, the one that I uh, tweeted about specifically was when it was, there was a bit of a turnover after, I think it was Matthews or somebody took a shot. I think it was that play that we were talking about where him and Matthews ended up out there alone because of uh, a line change. And Matthews kind of like took the shot. There was a rebound and it was just going to come out while they were changing. And Engvall alone managed to fight off three people and keep it in there for the Leafs to come in and join him in the zone. So I was like, damn boy, where to go, Chad? Yeah, just to put a cap on the questions, Tim's streak is at two games at Jay's fan for 2049. He says sarcastically, what's wrong with the Leafs? And then Lucas on Discord, just to tie it in, um, can't fault the effort, just a little bit of issues with the execution, but it had to come to an end eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple things like we've touched on that are... um, fixable like uh the giveaways and and i think like i said they're just they're short on personnel and that's starting to catch up with them their their luck is going to run out eventually you know everybody's just been flying so uh, once you hit a a team with a really good goalie like shesterka that's the thing is if if this game even with the rangers same everybody's the same except you switch shesterka out for somebody else i think this is a totally different game uh, it was pretty deadlocked for a while. As much as the Rangers were in control, I think the Leafs had just as many scoring chances. So uh, it's just they, they got out goalied and, and outplayed through the uh, the entire ice. So except for kind of their own end. Yeah, it's fair. Mm, that's the end of that. So thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions. Oh, my gosh. We lost stuff for a sec there, but we're back. So that's back. the end of questions. Um, did you have something before I do my thing? Um, nothing specifically. I was just going to ask you, um, did you see that guy who got his fingertip bit off at the Coyotes? Oh, the mullet arena brawl. Oh my gosh. We didn't have time to touch on it last time, but I feel like, I don't know. I was shocked by the graphics of how the video was going around the internet and you could see everything, like every angle of this fingertip loosely in the guy's hand and the nail. And Oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't, I, I'm not good with those kinds of things. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, I don't know. Uh, No, not, not interested in seeing that one. I'm just like a Bruins coyotes game in Arizona. seems like the last place for a, a brawl to break out in the stands, you know? 
Yeah, a woman got punched out. The cop was just watching everything go on until more cops came and surfed, you know, surfed the crowd of brawlness. And what a fucking mess. I'm just nice. shocked. Like, someone just went chomp someone's finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you also see, um, I know this is kind of late news, but we didn't talk about this. Jack Hughes had a six plus minute long shift. Yeah, what happened there? Honestly, I did not see the replay, but 602, longest in NHL history. What? Like, <laughs> did he get stuck out there? Did they keep icing it? Like, I got to watch how the hell that happened because it's not like the Devils are bad. Like, they're in first place. I mean, yeah, they got some defensive lapses sometimes, but like, my God, they must have just gotten stuck. I have no idea. Or maybe but, they were trying to come back and score a goal and they just left him out there because he's like, fuck it, I can stay. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. This kid, he, I think in the interview, he was just like, after we just chill and hang out. And he didn't seem phased by it. So, because <laughs> it was nothing. I don't know. But, no. Okay, so the thing I wanted to talk about, sorry. Um, there's a team in the Western Conference that is underperforming uh, immensely, and that is the St. Louis Blues, who last year had, what, eight guys with over 20 goals? Like, it was crazy the amount of depth this team had last year, and now Jordan Bennington is worse than ever, and they can't find a goal, and they've also got some injuries and whatnot. So the chatter has started uh, this is from, I believe, Pierre Lebrun, that internally the Leafs have been discussing Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you think about the prospect of getting Ryan O'Reilly for this, the rest of the season. Hmm. 31 years old, a center. Do we How need friendly. a center? 7.5 mil. Up at so, the end of this year, UFA base salary of only a million dollars, signing bonus of five. That's if you were just a rental, it would be possible. But later on, with the cap only allegedly going up, you know, one million, I don't think it would work. And I would much rather have a winger. He has the most tradable contract ever. Oh my god, his last. Since 2019, he's had a $5 million signing bonus with only a million dollar base salary. And there's no clause, no, no protection on this. Like his first year, he got a $10 million signing bonus. He has a million dollar salary every year. He's the perfect trade deadline acquisition for a lot of teams. Man, yeah. I, I just didn't think the Blues would be in this position. That's all. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone did. This is their captain who won the Conn Smythe uh, when they won the Cup. Like, you're right. No one really saw this coming. And I know the Leafs love to collect captains from around the league. But, guys, I don't think this one is it. Why not? Because we have Maddie and JT, 1A and 2 in second line center, right? We mm-hmm. have Kampf, we have Holmberg, who's an option, Kerfoot, who's an option. We have many other options, which I don't know. I don't think there's room for another center. 
Okay, so you've got Matthews with uh, Willie and Bunting. Then your second line is Ryan O'Reilly center with John Tavares on the left and Mitch Marner on the right. So you're committing to JT switching, like moving over. If you're finals. if you're bringing in Ryan O'Reilly, then you're moving JT to the wing. I think. Like, I there's no point in bringing him in if they're talking about it internally. Like, there there's no point in bringing him in to play third line center. Hmm. Yeah. Um, his- like, has he ever played wing? I don't really follow Ryan O'Reilly, but. Me either. Listed. Let me let me check what Yahoo has him listed as for fantasy because that's probably the best tell. He is Ryan. declining. Declining what? It's just a center on here. Sorry, in uh, points. But I want to see who has the better face-off stat. Oh, that's a good point, actually. So Ryan O'Reilly this year is. on the dot and GT is whenever my internets want to work internet work okay 60.75 I just had a hunch that JT was the better man for that but we know he can score he can do it all they can switch out right they can both take the draw um okay we... i'm just looking at his his uh career face-off percentage so he averages like 56 to 58 56 to 59 percent i would say okay that's that's 56 8 so i'd say 57 to 59 percent on the dot and then john i know this is super riveting for everybody but it is actually worth here, John Tavares on the same site here averages uh, the last two seasons. Holy shit. The last 60. two seasons, JT's had a 60, but before that he averaged a 55. So okay. on on their careers, Ryan O'Reilly consistently has a higher, just barely percentage, but the last two seasons, JT has just been insane. Yeah. Like 60% last year is nuts. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. I... I, I don't think it's worth like I would look more at spending to bring in a winger like you said than spend to bring in a center because I think the price A is going to be higher and B you don't really have like a, an open slot for him like there's clearly a gap on left wing on both I mean I wouldn't say both the first and second lines necessarily but like Michael Bunting doesn't have to be the guy on the first line he just has been the new Zach Hyman, essentially. Like, if, if you get somebody at the deadline as a rental, you can play someone in that position for two months and into the playoffs. Yeah. And if you are into... Um, what was I going to say? I just totally lost my train of thought because I noticed that Ryan O'Reilly's from Ontario. So this is probably an, an enticing factor for him as well. But, oh, if you're looking to only get a rental... Why not go for the winger like like Meyer or someone, someone who is, I don't know, just better overall, in my opinion, takes a shit ton of shots on net, averages over 300 a year. He's the best guy for the Sharks. 
<sighs> Timo Meyer is going to be so expensive. I don't think the Leafs can afford to keep anyone past the season anyway. Like, That's unless fair. they find, you know, a diamond in the rough, kind of like a bunting or a Timmins in a sense, where we're kind of like we're surprised by the results. Of course, it's going to be amazing to keep the perfect team together, but unless our third line finds some sort of way or Malgan wakes up in next level beast mode. I don't know. It's not happening. I'm just looking through the upcoming free agents. I mean, you got Timo Meyer, um, Kane and Taves, obviously Vladimir Tarasenko on St. Louis. I would be more interested in than uh, Ryan O'Reilly, honestly. For sure. But he only plays right wing. That's true. Left yeah. wing, yeah, you got Timo Meyer, JVR, Max Pacioretty, who's out like indefinitely. Jason Zucker. I can't see the Blues getting rid of both O'Reilly and Vlad. These what are about, two pieces to their core. What about Jason Zucker on Pittsburgh? What if Pittsburgh is, you know, they've been hanging on, but what if they don't uh, find a playoff spot come deadline? Is that somebody that you'd bring on? He could be a good option, but I don't think he would be a second line option for the Leafs. Like he would remind me of a kind of like a czar in a sense. <laughs> like we got czar from Pittsburgh Pens. Zucker's just a little bit of an upgrade who can play those third and second line roles on a lower tier team. Oh my god, it's insane. I'm looking through the names that are coming up and it's like we've done this already. We've done all of these already. All these names come up every time like Andreas Janssen is up again Nick Foligno is up again <laughs> like I'm not doing this right anyway um so the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh the PHF announcing some big news so in case you were unaware two years ago their salary cap was about 150,000 I think and then yeah. last year or this year it's 750,000 next year it will be 1.5 million dollars amazing so what that means is that the average salary for each player goes up to sixty thousand dollars a year so in other words this now becomes a viable full-time job for people like you can if these women can play hockey as a full-time job i mean depending on where you live that's enough to get by like that's crazy. Yeah. These people were working working literally full-time jobs while playing hockey in order to support themselves. So now they can do this. This is crazy. This is a huge step for women's hockey in the PHF. Definitely. I'm, I'm really excited for them. I, I hope there's more exposure that comes with that and uh, the opportunity to actually catch games on TV and you know streams to be available. I feel like it's so hard to access it's like the nhl of course the nfl the nba it's in our faces all of the time phf i have to dig and dig to have anything it's sad yeah and i think now with this money coming in it'll be more accessible and then the more people watch it then they get to sell their broadcast rights and so on and so forth and uh, it'll only help the game grow so i think it's it's great for them and uh, i mean there's not much else to say other than it's awesome yeah 
definitely. Um, I'm excited to see the talent that comes up with that and women to finally put hockey as a priority and imagine the skill to might even go to the next level because they can afford to play like they want and treat it as a professional career and treat themselves as professional athletes full time, kind of like the men do. Yeah. And I think it'll bring in more advertisers. Like if this for, I'm not exactly sure who it is that, that brought the majority of this money in, but if people see that there's, there's money being spent on this and it's creating, you know, exposure for the brands that are spending on it, then it brings in more advertisers and man, they're going to make a ton of money. Yeah. It's it, all it takes is the first one in the door. Like nobody wants to be the first one to drop that huge dollar amount on them. But once that happens and it becomes a stable investment then other people will start doing it too. Definitely. Um, and they I don't know. have Gary Bettman in charge, so they will be just fine growing their game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if that Bettman will ever get out. We'll see. Oh, my nah. God. Uh. I know. I was just listening to our last episode and just cringing at all of the Bettman things and thinking like, damn, we're stuck. We're here forever. <laughs> yep. Five more years. I think he's here till 2027. So it's, uh, yeah, buckle in, buckle up, strap in, whatever, you know. So who do we got next on Saturday? On Saturday, we have, you know, I don't even know yet. I have to look it up. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> That's all good. Oh, man. I'm I'm not with it today. While you're waiting for um, (coughs) Steph to pull that up, go ahead and leave us five stars. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for watching us on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep putting out the videos and they will probably be on Inside the Rinks YouTube channel moving forward, our full episodes. And then ours will be dedicated to uh, more special stuff, I guess, like one-off things and, and events and whatnot. Sorry, people listening and screaming the answer into your phones because I am just slow sometimes. But yes, it is Washington, the Washington Capitals, the second half of the road trip. And then the Leafs are back at home on Tuesday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we love to say, our measuring stick of a game. So, Uh, And like we said last time, probably our opponent in the first round again. So see how that goes. Fun little stretch for the Leafs here. Nice little, uh, I mean, measuring stick for sure against the Rangers, Washington. Not that Washington's doing that great, but it's still uh, usually a tough opponent for the Leafs. Ovechkin is a nightmare for them. Yeah, and the Leafs only play twice next week. uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and then we're off for Christmas and back on the 27th. Okay, good to know for Fantasy. Yeah. Oh my God. The season's going by so quickly. I feel like. No, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm behind and doing horribly, which I thought I'd never say, but this goalies, man, just putting me in the hole. (laughs) Um, Can we give away the Matthews jersey on Saturday? Because it's getting uh, late into the Christmas season here. Yeah, we'll have to discuss the Tavares jersey. Is it Tavares? It is, yes. Oh, it's Tavares. We have a Tavares jersey. Okay. So we have something we can give away sometime between now and Christmas. Hopefully Saturday, between now and Saturday, we'll come up with a way to give it away. Because uh, 12 days of giveaways was uh, so much fun last year. But um, 
not fun uh, shipping wise. I don't know if you guys have ever sent that many things out from Canada Post before, but it's a joy, especially <laughs> around Christmas time. Yeah, sorry guys. I know we said we would have this figured out earlier, but it's been a crazy, crazy busy. And yeah, I we do have stuff. Look, I'm in my new office, and here's stuff. I've got my Nylander here with number 29, and I've got my Sundin guy here. I got a, an original six Pez dispenser. I've got my um, Carlton the Bear Funko Pop, and this plushy. JT with an assistant captain A on it. So a bunch of things that are dated. Nice. Well, like my like my Nike Leafs jersey that I'm wearing that is from 1990 something. 99. Well, the photo is from 99 that I have evidence of it from. I don't know how old the jersey itself is. And we'll have to reconvene with Beaner on his homework uh, that you gave him last episode. Yeah, if you missed that, I asked Beaner when the last game wasn't televised. Like, I'm sure any of you that are older or, you know, had your parents tell you that they listened to games on the radio. I want to know when was the last time a game was only broadcast on the radio and wasn't actually on TV. Like, when when did that fully happen? When was it required for games to be on TV? So. And if someone can send us the answer before Bean figures it out, I will send you a prize. Cool. How about that? Yes. Send us the proof and the answer, you know, your sources. And if you're the first one to get it right, you will get a surprise mailed to you. I'm passing out. We got to go. I'm tired. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back Saturday. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. I'm not kidding. Give us the answer, and I'll send you a surprise. Yeah, honestly, this has been bugging me for a long time. Check out inside.